are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Go leave a review if you want. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, Google Podcasts, etc., You'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That's at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with the Blackhawks finishing up their two-game series against the Florida Panthers last night, I thought now would be a pretty good time to have a crossover episode with Armando Velez from Lockdown Panthers. Armando, it's been a while, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a while. How about yourself? Uh, can't complain. Just got off work talking about something I'd much rather be doing, uh, So, and that's hockey. Uh, so thanks for taking the time to join me, as always. And speaking of uh, it being a while since we had uh, our last crossover episode, I believe that was actually right before the Panthers' first games of the year, right? I believe. It was going off their first games of the year. It was supposed to be actually their second series of the year, and then the Dallas Stars had their COVID-19 right. outbreak, and then the Cats played two games against Chicago and then had another week off because Carolina had their covid scares and they had a week off before facing columbus yeah it was a crazy start to the season for sure and the panthers were one of the uh main teams affected by that in the nhl but since then man what a run it's been for florida now up to 19 5 and 4 here through 28 games that puts them atop the discover nhl central division points wise they're right up there at the top in percentage uh points percentage First, I got to ask, first things first, how sweet is it to be a Florida Panthers fan right now? It seems like a long time coming down there in Florida. It definitely has been a long time coming. And this this is a franchise that hasn't won a playoff series since the 96 season and has only made the playoffs twice in the new millennium. So there were hopes between in the 2012 season, then losing in seven against the New Jersey Devils, then the six-game series against the Islanders in 2016. And then that was when the core was starting to get it together, but then the surrounding pieces were just not complementing the core. So they were just struggling to get over the hump, and it seems that they finally have the pieces around them that complement the core of Ekblad, Barkov, and Huberto. Yeah. And that was one thing that really stood out to me watching the series. I think, you know, every time the Blackhawks play the Panthers, uh, especially because in the last couple of years, we haven't really met up all that much. But every time we play the Panthers, it's easy to get wowed by Barkov and Huberdeau. I mean, you know, those guys, they're so good. And Barkov absolutely ate the Hawks alive in the series. But what I wanted to start by talking about is 
Uh, what I've noticed in the secondary scoring department from the Panthers this year, Carter Verhage, he's one guy that's really stood out to me when we've played Florida. He's got 22 points, 11 goals. Patrick Hornquist has 23 points. I believe he's fourth on the team in scoring right now. Um, you think the, the emergence of those guys, you know, that they, they've brought in has really been the key to the Panthers' success offensively this season because they're they're top five in the league right now and goals scored at the moment. And I think those guys, in my opinion at least, seems like they've been making a huge difference. Absolutely. And when you bring a, a, a two-time champion in Patrick Hornquist, then that's definitely going to help. And Carter Verhage, all of his goals this season have been at even strength. So he's definitely contributing for when this team is at even strength. And it just adds more to what this team is doing and Patrick Hornquist is definitely becoming a big influence on this team when he's getting around the net and one person in this series specifically that I could point out to who's really in front of the net probably learning from Patrick Hornquist is a player like Mason Marchment who had two goals not, not excuse me not two goals but was influenced two goals by being in front of the net distracting Kevin Lincoln and then making him feel uncomfortable. And that's because he was in front of the net making him uncomfortable. And it's not going to come as an assist, but plays emotionally, mm -hmm. that's emotionally it is. Exactly. And that plays a, a huge role. Anytime you need a goal, you got to get, got to do the dirty, got to get to the dirty areas and do the little things right. And having a guy like that is so important to an offense that can contribute from all four, four lines and, that's what the Panthers seem like they can do right now, and that makes them scary as any team in the league. Um, talking a little bit about now the, the Panthers' success, to continue on that note, um, when we talked earlier on in the season, I, I, I spoke a little bit about how I felt the Panthers, they were either going to be there near the top or they were going to be probably at the bottom. I feel like this team just never has any in-between. They're either good or they sort of just haven't been able to piece it together. Um, but this year, I mean, firing on all cylinders, um, starting to get some good play from Sergei Bobrovsky and that. What do you think the one thing, has it been really, has it been the depth department, has it been the top guys, you know, really stepping up and playing like they need to under a good head coach in Joel Quenville? Has it been Quenville himself? What do you think has been the main factor that has led to the Panthers' success so far? It's got to be the coaching. It's got to. And the what Coach Quenville has, after year one, with the transition from the previous regime and then getting the complementary pieces with the Patrick Hornquist, trading for an E2 Lusterine and getting a Mason Marchment, who was an undrafted player, and got him at the trade deadline just last year for uh, in the Dennis Mulgan deal and this this team just they're they're all bought into what he's doing and there are there i was looking before our conversation about possible trends of what is happening right now in sunrise florida versus what went on in chicago during his years there and there's some immediate success from what I'm looking at right now with Chicago, where I believe Chicago didn't make the playoffs for like four or five years before Coach Q got there. And there was success right away, making all the way to the conference finals. And 
than winning it in only his second year. I'm not saying that the Florida Panthers are going to win the Stanley Cup this year, but they can very well contend for it because they got three top three picks in on their roster, a three-time coach, and they got, even though the contract's a little eh, with Bobrovsky, he's playing better, and the, the goals against average is not the best, but he's made those saves when he's needed to most, and he's won six straight. Goalie wins are a little bit of an overrated stat, but even when he he gave up four goals twice in that, and the team was still able to score enough. Gave up three yesterday, the team was able to still score enough. So you're getting a mix of everything on this team. Yeah, and when you get a guy like Coach Q, you know it's a guy a guy who's been done everything as a coach at, at this point at this level the highest level in the world and when you have a young team like that who they've kind of been on the cusp the last couple of seasons I think it's easy to get behind that guy and understand that it's possible because he's done it before and a great thing that you said you notice that the team is really bought into what he's doing and that gives you a scary team because when Joel Quenville who knows what he's doing better than anyone arguably in NHL history from behind the bench, except maybe Scotty Bowman, you know, but when, when you got him and a confident team, they can go up against anybody. And like you said, you know, may, maybe the Panthers, you know, it's a little early to say that they're going to win the Stanley cup this year, but I don't think it's far fetched to say that they'd be like the conference finals. Isn't out of the, the realm of possibility for this team, you know, and that's the difference that a team who has good coach and is playing confident hockey it's when it all comes together, it's a beautiful thing. And it's, it's fun to watch Panthers hockey right now for many different reasons. And uh, I think, you know, getting a coach like uh, getting a good coach, like Joel Quenville really has been a difference maker for Florida. It seems so far. I mean, can't, can't argue with the results and especially, you know, the first year it's so hard to get such high expectations. You know, his first year with new management, a whole new system. He's going to have to integrate a style to play. He's going to get have to get everybody on the same page. So the first year of a new head coach, it's it's so tough to judge them fully. So it's really been awesome to see him uh, have success so far in his second year down in Florida. I know there's no Blackhawks fan who wishes bad upon that man, and they're all happy to see him have success, albeit come against the Blackhawks. Um, one guy I also wanted to talk about, you kind of mentioned a moment ago, Sergei Bobrovsky, as you said, kind of, you know, people always talk about the contract and how he broke the bank, basically. Um, but you, you also said he's been playing a little bit better lately, and that's one thing I've noticed, too, as you said, wins in six straight games, now got a 12-2-2 record. But the goals against average, 2-9-5, save percentage, 9-0-5. As you know, we talked about it. Those numbers are probably a little lower than you'd expect with that record. But what what have you liked from Bob this year? And what, what do you think he needs to get better at if the Panthers want to keep this up going in the postseason? All right, ladies and gentlemen, the crossover with Armando Velez from Lockdown Panthers will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different car manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 
50% or even up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership. Chain stores and car dealerships, they have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, unlike chain stores or car dealerships. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. The, the thing I think of when he gets needs to get better at is just not giving up those cheap calls but he's been doing that he hasn't been doing that as of late thankfully and just whenever there's like a big rush or a big breakaway on when to draw or when to stand back that's really what it comes down to and of course it's easier said than done those are split second decisions that happen and but lately, he's been able to know when to do it and when to not do it. That's when that's has been, in my opinion, the difference between this his play as of late. And it it all happened. And my listeners are listening to this for like the fourth or fifth time hearing me say this. But it all started with Drieger starting having a stretch of starting four out of six before inserting Bob back. And now it seems as if that lit a fire under Sergei Bobrovsky. And now it's, I'm not saying Chris Drieger's an afterthought. That's not, I'm not saying that at all, but it's just, you don't need to, it doesn't need to be a conversation over and over and over again of, is this the guy or is this not the guy? I don't think it's either, either whether he is the guy or not. It's a, just about what he's doing right here, right now living in the present moment and right now in the present he's doing well uh, yeah absolutely run going on a good run as of late for Bobrovsky uh, I also want to ask about the defense what what do you think has been uh their 12th Panthers as a team they're 12th in the NHL right now and goals allowed in the top half of the league in both categories goals scored and goals allowed so they're getting a pretty good mix on both sides of the puck right now um what, what do you think about the, the Panthers' defense this season? Because it seems like they played the Blackhawks pretty tough. They didn't give them anything easy, really, in the series. One difference maker from a grit standpoint is the play of Radko Gudas, who's one of the top leaders in plus-minus on this team and is one of the top defensemen in total hits. He, and if Radko Gudas wasn't on my team, I would probably, I'd probably hate him. Oh, yeah. I, I would so. probably hate playing against them because – there, there are such hard hits, and some hits are just like it He's hurts you. It just, boy. yeah, it just hurts you just watching. And there was a hit on Saturday night uh, that you see close up, and you see just the bench reacting o- over over the hit. And it's just like, oh, this guy is just very gritty, and he and he just doesn't let players buy him. And the fact that a young player like Gustav Forsling lately has been paired with Radko Gudis, he's learning from from a vet in the, in this league, and 
they got their number one overall pick, Aaron Ekblad, paired up with a, with a player who's like a diamond in the rough of Mackenzie Weaver, who's a late draft pick too. So, and there's some, been so many times where Weaver has fallen behind, and then he picks himself back up to close out a passing lane in front of the net. So. That's really the little itty bitty details that you can see from a player like Mackenzie Weger. For sure. Another thing I want to ask too, one thing I noticed about in this series, uh, the Panthers, it just seems like on their forecheck, they're, they're very aggressive on their forecheck. And the Blackhawks, they had some chances to have odd man rushes in the series. They had a, a decent amount of them. Some of them got broken up. Um, has that been something that the Panthers have dealt with this season? Has it, the forecheck been a little too aggressive? Like, do you guys give up a lot of odd man rushes, does it seem? Here and there. And sometimes that results in penalties with falling behind on the play. And a trend that happened a lot in this series was, it, if you remember, they committed penalties early, but then they cleaned it up later. And that's when, in both games, they went on their runs of coming back in in this so sometimes it could be a sometimes they could fall a little bit behind and then there could be like a lazy check that could result into a slash or a hook and they're middle of the pack last time i checked in pim but they're they know when to clean it up late in the game and that that all comes in the intermissions. That's really what it comes down to. What the what is the coach saying in the locker room in between periods what what are they saying about like positioning what are they saying about speed what are they saying about who to look out for right and those are the changes you need to make throughout a game to be successful you know all coaches have to do that and no one knows better than than coach q um but yeah definitely just want to talk about those odd man rushes because that was something i noticed in the series the panthers were very aggressive on the four check but i I, it seems like they kind of want to play that 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 up-tempo style of play a little bit. I saw also something crazy. It was like the Panthers, I think 11 times this year, they have allowed the first goal of the game and won. Like something crazy like that. Like, I don't know if you you know anything about that, but one of the Blackhawks commentators for sure brought that up. And I was like, wow, this team, no matter what place, what the score is, they had no, they have the offense to win games right now. So that was definitely something I noticed as well. Yeah, 11 times they've given up the first goal. And 14 times total that they've come back to win when falling behind at any point in the That's game. Insane. And in in Monday's game, there was one nothing and then three to one. And then last week there was four to one in the third period against Columbus. And it was led by a comeback starting with a Ryan Lomberg goal and then start started to mount the comeback. And now it's at the point now when this team falls behind there's a little bit of a confidence level that it's just never over with this team and it's great to see because in years past when they were down there are just times where you just pack it in and it's just like okay you know it's an l right and i want to i want to i want to talk to you a little bit about patrick kane Oh, I'm going to talk Kaner. So going into the season, a lot of people were to say, I don't, I don't even remember what the odds are were then to for him to win the Hart Trophy. 
I could only imagine that people who put their bets early on for Patrick Kane to win the heart are loving it right now, loving their chances. And I think of when 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 they talk about most valuable player is like not just a lot of people think about it as the best player on the best team, but without Patrick Kane, I feel like that this Blackhawks team would be somewhere between like six or seven or but and right now they're they're right there for on the cusp of the playoffs in a in a year where there was like little to no expectations what are your thoughts on Patrick Kane yeah 100 percent I took the you took the words right out of my mouth basically I, I talked I talk about this a lot on the show there's just in my mind there's no player that's been more valuable to his team right now there's no doubt the Blackhawks would not be even close to the fourth spot here in the Discover Central Division without Patrick Kane. And it's crazy to think that he's doing all of this with, with not a lot of help. I mean, last night, his his center was David Camp his, on the top line. He was playing fourth line center for us the last two years. Like, that's how depleted the Blackhawks are down the middle. He's been playing with a rookie and Pia Suter most of the year who, you know, first-year players are going to go through up and down swings. And he's, even with that, he's finding a way to get the job done. The power play has been, even though it's been a little rough as of late, throughout the course of the season, it's been a ton better than anyone expected. And he's been the one creating it more times than not. So I can't really say enough about what Patrick Kane means to this team right now. Um, Without him, probably right there with the Red Wings, I'd have to think at the bottom of this division. And um. Hopefully he's going to be able to keep it up because with the tough, tough part in the schedule coming up for the Blackhawks, we're going to need Kaner playing at his best. And I, I think if he does keep this up, unless, you know, Connor McDavid goes absolutely bananas, which he, he kind of already is. But I still think with the way the league's kind of favorite the last couple of years, like the year Taylor Hall won MVP, it wasn't, you know, a, a clear cut thing. And they went with the guy who kind of, did the most for his team. No one saw the Devils making the playoffs and he kind of willed his team into that spot. The Blackhawks are kind of in that same boat with Patrick Kane right now. So it's just incredible to watch Kane get better with age. I mean, seriously, he's, he's only gotten better the last couple of seasons as he's intensified his training and everything. And it's, it's been really fun to watch, man. So credit to Kaner for finding a way to get the job done. And uh, I'm hoping that the league sees it the same way if the Blackhawks are able to keep up their success because Patrick Kane, I think, is the most valuable player in the NHL at the moment, Armando. All right, ladies and gentlemen, more from the crossover with Lockdown Panthers in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market that we have been telling you about for some time now. Built Bar is the amazing, low-calorie, low-sugar, and high-fiber protein bar that is made out of 100% chocolate. And right now is the time to find out which Built Bar flavor is the best because it is Built Bar Madness. A full-on bracket with each and every Built Bar flavor to find out which one is the best. Be sure to check it out by going to BuiltBar.com or you can also check out Built Bar on Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And don't forget about our exclusive promo code that you can use, which is LOCKED15, one word, LOCKED, capital L, and then the number 15 to get 15% off of your next order. One more time, that's LOCKED15 
to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. I also need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and NHL are in full swing. And for college basketball, it's the best time of the year. March Madness is upon us. And for those interested in other things aside from sports, Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today, and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I'm with you there, and he's doing this without the captain, Jonathan Taze, his, his one of his best friends on the team. And another player I want to talk about is Kevin Lankinen, who made his NHL debut in that second game against Florida in the beginning of the season. What What are your thoughts on his play? Is this a player that you like? When when teams are rebuilding, this is th- these are the times where you look for players you want to keep and players you want to let go. And this is more of a revaluation period for a team that's going through a rebuild. What are your thoughts? Is Kevin Lincoln in like a building block towards the future? I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from, from you. Is he, is he that? I think he is. He, he's shown a lot of good things so far here in his rookie campaign, but I also, we don't, we should not be putting all our eggs in one basket with Kevin Lincoln. And like, don't get me wrong. The guys looked really good. He's been in the Calder trophy race so far uh, for most of the season fluttered a little bit as of late, but as I said, a little bit early in the episode, those things happen with rookies. He, the biggest thing to me about Kevin Lincoln and a lot of Blackhawks fans have noticed this too, rather than Malcolm Subban, who's been our backup for the for the majority of the season, Lankinen is just so calm and composed in that. And he rarely gives up bad rebound goals. His rebound control is pretty good. And his positioning just always seems to be, he just always seems to be in the spot he needs to be to make the save. And he makes at most, most saves look relatively easy. Um, as I said, it's been a little bit of a rough stretch as of late, um, but the Blackhawks defense haven't done him any favors too. So Kevin Lankinen, I definitely think he has the potential to be the next guy in net for the Blackhawks, but I think it's still a little too early to be like, yes, Kevin Lankinen, that's the answer right there. We, there's still, you know, he's, he's only 25. He's only played 15, six, he's 15 to 20 starts so far. Great, great start through those, those games, but we also got to keep our mind open. I think Malcolm Subban is still deserving of his opportunity as well. He hasn't looked bad by any means when he's been given an opportunity. I'm hopeful that Kevin Lankinen can become the guy, um, but I still think he, he's got a little ways to go before he's going to be the certified number one netminder for the Chicago Blackhawks. 
That's great insight. I, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm with you there. You never want to be, you want to, you never want to just stick to it, just one and say, hey, don't let good players prevent you from signing or drafting great players. That's a, that's a sports philosophy in any, any sport. And with the Chicago Blackhawks, with how the central is looking right now, where the top three have really separated themselves and with Dallas and I guess you could say Columbus too, with if they're with every game being a four point swing, I look at when it comes to that four spot because there's a chance that Florida could meet Chicago again in the postseason. Who do you think is the biggest challenger for that four spot for Chicago? I'm going to kind of go a weird answer with this. I think the biggest threat to the Blackhawks, honestly, is themselves. Okay. I don't know if – I'm not really bought into what Columbus is doing this year. I think it's a weird and wacky year in Columbus. I think they're they're a decent team, but I don't see them, you know, being a a real contender for the top teams in this division come playoff time. The Stars – I've kind of gotten off to a slow start. I know they got games in hand on everybody, but you still got to win those games in order to catch up ground. And they've kind of failed to do that so far. And then the Predators and the Red Wings at the bottom of this division, I don't think they're even close to, to getting into the run. So for the Blackhawks, I, I think it seriously just comes down to, they got to find ways to win games and it, they got to find ways to win ugly too, because it's going to be a dog fight of the schedule down the stretch. Their next series is against Tampa Bay. Then after that, Florida's coming to Chicago. We got a series with them. Two series after that, we got Carolina. Then we got Dallas after. We still got a lot of tough games that, you know, are very meaningful in the final 26 the rest of the way. So for the Blackhawks, I'm not really too worried about the other teams in this division, as long as they're able to take care of business. I, I don't, Knock on wood here, maybe I'm going to jinx them, but I don't see Columbus or Dallas going on any kind of tear at the end of the season. I just don't think they have the teams to do it. Um, maybe Dallas more so Columbus that they're a little, they have potential. Obviously, they went to the final last year, but without, you know, Ben Bishop, they don't have Tyler Sagan. There's not a complete team right now. So I think for the Blackhawks, it's been a little bit of a wake up call here. We've had a tough tough part of the schedule we just played Tampa and Florida too we still got them coming up so a little bit of a wake-up call to realize we still got some ground to cover um in order to be you know lock ourselves into a playoff spot and we just got to do a better job at winning games man that's what it comes down to young team I know it's hard but one thing I really noticed in the series I don't I don't know you probably I'm sure you did but it just felt like the Panthers were winning every battle possible, whether it was along the boards, a one-on-one battle in the neutral zone, the face-offs, the Panthers were killing them in the face-offs. Like, and that was just the, the biggest difference to me for the Blackhawks. When they don't bring their A game, they're not going to have a chance to win. Like, even when we had that three to one lead, black, most Blackhawks fans didn't have confidence. In it, and then we know it, it could be gone just like that. And what do you know, a minute and two seconds gone. So for the Blackhawks, they got to bring their A game down the stretch of the season. Hopefully we can get a little bit healthier, maybe get a return of Dylan Strom, who's been out in concussion protocol. Maybe Kirby Doc comes by the end of the season. He, he was practicing with the team a week ago. He's still probably a month away at least. If we can just find ways to be competitive and win games, I honestly like our chances in the Central Vision down the stretch to, to secure that four seed. I don't think we're going to get any higher than that, but I do think there's a reasonable uh, – a 
a good chance we can get that four spot. I really do. But we got to we got to bring our our A game, especially in these next two two series against the Lightning and Panthers. Yeah, and I'm looking at the Blackhawks schedule right now, and it's right now it's currently gonna be a gauntlet. With you, there's Nashville in between. There's a uh, four more, six more, actually six more matchups for you guys against Nashville. So there's we do, we do play Nashville a decent amount. Yeah, so there's a lot of Nashville. There's a little bit of Dallas, and that and Dallas with their game, those those head to heads against Dallas is really, in my opinion, what's really gonna decide this division and whether Dallas is going to get tired out later in the season based on their schedule crunch. Right. Could be an advantage to the Blackhawks. I'm excited to see what's going to happen in these next two months for sure. Um, also something I wanted to definitely bring up with you. Uh, we're starting to creep a little bit towards that NHL trade deadline here. Armando, what, what do you think the Panthers could be looking to do if they're uh, if they were to make a move in the next couple of weeks? Maybe maybe a move for a defenseman, another defenseman to complement uh, the the second D pairing because there's been so much movement with with Radical Goose is always having a different partner every single game, whether it's Forsling, Noah Juleson. So maybe and Nashville right now is in sell mode, so they might be selling like a Matthias Ekholm or something like that. So right. there there's an opportunity to bring like another defenseman in the mix. There's another opportunities to maybe like get another center because the even though the Florida Panthers have gone three straight games of winning the faceoff battles in the 60 percentile I'm still looking at Carolina as that team that's really been dominating the Panthers in the faceoffs throughout their four games this season they have four more and yeah they're they're a point ahead of Carolina but Carolina has a game in hand too so that is, as of right now, like I, I, I was talking about this in a crossover episode with the Five Reasons Sports Network. Uh, I think as of right now, the Carolina Hurricanes are the Florida Panthers' biggest challenger in this division. Yeah, Carolina's looked really good every time the Blackhawks play them. They're just a deep team, and they score a lot of goals. What are they? I think they've won 9 to 10 or something right now. They're on a run, I know for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's crazy how good the central division is. I mean, Florida, Tampa, 